Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday. What a day of action in Croke Park. Kerry and Mayo currently doing battle in their quarterfinal, the final quarterfinal. It's Kerry 1-7, Mayo 9 points. Our man, Galway, what a match that was. Fights, penalties. We'll hear from Pat Splann on the brawl uh, at full time a little later on. And we'll also hear from the two managers. What a game that was. Um, we're going to delve into Cork's defeat to Dublin tonight uh, or last night uh, with Paul Kerrigan and hear from John Cleary and Dizzy Farrell on that game um, we hear from the Cork Ladies football camp after their win over Waterford in the Ireland Championship yesterday which secured a spot in the last eight Ireland face Georgia tomorrow in the Women's World Cup qualifier Vera Powell gives her thoughts out of that it's all coming up before 7 Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 on Cork's Red FM and uh, yeah the Kerry Mayo game the rain started to come down just before throwing after a really sunny uh, game uh, sunny weather for the game between our man Galway and uh, Kerry Mayo it's a bit scrappy it's 179 points 39 almost 40 minutes gone there um, yeah and uh, 10 small but nervous obviously I'm from Kerry don't hold it against me but um, small but nervous watching this I have to say David Clifford was he fit wasn't he fit well he scored 1-2 I think um, he was a bit uh, ginger, gingerly running around the place at the start right but um, he looks to be okay now and scored a, a cracker of a goal Paul Gainey missed an absolute sitter in the first half as well and Tom Sullivan now going through on goal and fists it over the bar to give Kerry a two point lead with 40 minutes gone uh, locally in the Cork Credit Union's Football League Division 1 Nemo Rangers defeated Killing the March with 3-13 to 1-5 Clonic Kilty beat Carberry Rangers 11 points to 1-5 um, in athletics the National Athletics Championships get underway this evening I think they're just underway now Cork's Phil Healy is in the 400 metre um, yeah it's all underway now I think it started at 6 o'clock on the dot Manchester United insist Cristiano Ronaldo is not for sale after reports linked him with a move to Premier League rivals Chelsea there's also been Chelsea like I mean I don't know where the speculation came from to begin with but um, there's also speculation he may be going back to Sporting Lisbon which is a bit more plausible alright uh, the Portuguese side Sporting Directo, Director Hugo Viana tells Sky Sports News it's unlikely to happen this summer not now I don't think that will be possible but we never know so I think he, he can he can decide where he can go but we never know the future Scott Twine has become new Burnley boss Vincent Company's first signing for the club the 22 year old midfielder joins from MK Dons on a four year deal with the championship club he was named League One player of the season uh, last year they lost in the playoff semi-finals um, so big news for, for Burnley and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Vincent Company does with them uh, Wales international Gart Bale is off to America he's signed for MLS club Los Angeles FC not LA Galaxy Los Angeles FC on a one year deal it ends speculation linking him uh, with Cardiff um, be interesting to see him play I, I think that was as much going to be sponsored by the Welsh FA if he was playing with Cardiff now than anything else I'd say um, former Premier League midfielder Darren Ambrose tells Sky Sports News a move to the Welsh capital may not be uh, may not completely be off the table I think there's there's some degree of connection with Vincent Tan I, I believe so if they weren't to make the playoffs and go out in October, there may be a little six-week role at Cardiff for Gareth. Maybe that's been discussed. Yeah, that's certainly be interesting. Um, Australian tennis player Nick uh, 
I always struggle with his name. Uh, Kyrgios, say, and he's a he's a fine tennis player and uh, very entertaining to watch as well because he usually loses his cool at some stage. He says he'd be in a favour of a change in dress code at Wimbledon. Of course, Wimbledon is uh, on the horizon. Competitors at the All England Club must wear all white due to the competition's strict rules and Kyrgios doesn't believe that policy will be relaxed anytime soon. I mean, I always want to wear all black, but, you know, it's just... I don't think it's something that's going to change, but I don't know. I think it'd be cool to like allow like you know a black headband or a black sweatband. I think it would look cool, but obviously Wimbledon doesn't really care what looks cool. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think that will ever change. Best of luck with that, Nick. Uh, now moving on to last night's action um, in Croke Park, Cork versus Dublin. Um, here's Cork manager John Cleary on his side's twenty-one points to ten loss. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I felt in the first half we 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 missed four or five scores, and another day we could have got them. You know what I mean? And, and we needed something to cling on to at halftime. There was a nice breeze there, and um, we just couldn't get the grip in, in the third quarter. There, you know, Dublin pushed on, pushed up on our kickouts, and uh, we just couldn't get the grips of it. Ultimately, like that was the complete winning and losing the game. Uh, third quarter just couldn't 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 get the ball up, couldn't make it stick, and you know Dublin powered on, and we had no answer to them. Um, overall, considering where you started the year and where you ended the year, and what's more about the question, how pleased with, with the overall performance against Dublin tonight? Uh, look, I suppose <laughs> some of it was okay, but any time you get beaten by eleven points, um, you know, we as a group there, the ultimate aim is to try and get up to the very top. And we, you know, we're we're a good bit off it there now. We're well, you know, beaten by Kerry with a similar type score, beaten by Dublin. That's the standard, and we're not at that. We're nowhere near it. Uh, but at least people can see that out there today. You know, the, particularly all the lads in 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 the dressing room and, and the backroom team. That that's the standard that you have to try and get to. How long it takes and whether you can get there or not is 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 is, is another matter. Uh, really, in the you know when Dublin pushed on. You know, their fitness, their conditioning, we just didn't have the answer from, I thought our lads were fierce gallant, you know, and you know, they left everything out in the pitch. We couldn't ask anything more for them, but look, ultimately Dublin better team and, you know, scoreline doesn't lie, we're well beaten. John, is it the conditioning thing? You know, you were toe to carry for 50 minutes and toe to Dublin in the first half. Is it SNC going back over the years or what? I, I look. I don't know. It's 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 obviously something maybe in in the SNC and the fitness psyche because uh, we can go so far with teams and then you can't we can't you, you know and and look that's the way with the, the top teams they seem to you know they they seem to have that extra gear when it really matters and and they seem to at times we were looking we we, we thought Dublin at sixteen or seventeen players the way they were all coming at angles and all and our lads were out in their feet completely there so obviously it probably is 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 a fit this thing and, and like that I think that probably takes a good number of years because there were times this year maybe when we pushed on a bit harder training and our lads were breaking down and getting injured so it's a thing that you just don't build up overnight and it it probably takes a, a good number of years I'm sure like the, you know all the, the top teams that are will be in the semi-finals there it just didn't happen overnight you know, and you could see Dublin today, like all their players there that, you know, won the six in a row. They were in fantastic physical condition, uh, knew exactly how to play, knew exactly, you know, when to give the right ball, never shot when it wasn't on. And 
hopefully there's an awful lot of learnings for the, for the guys inside in the corporate dressing rooms that, that they, if they want to and, and can do it, can bring it forward there, that they, hopefully that they will be in a better position to do something better in the years gone by if they can learn from what's happened today because look it's a relatively young team but like that doesn't matter you know if they can't if they can't uh, learn from what happened here and happened against Kerry and try and get on to the next level Did you deliberately set out to deny Dublin goal opportunities and destroy other teams in the last championship? Yeah I suppose we did like you know uh, we, we, we looked I suppose at the last three games they had in the list of championship and the games are over after 20 minutes and uh, we did set out that you know at least we'd stay in the game uh, somewhere down the stretch and give us some bit of a chance in the second half so it, it was a play that we had said really not, not we couldn't let them in for goals if they get in for goals like it should have been a very long day uh, so at least that was some bit of a positive you know In terms of the rebuilding how do you Look, it, it got off to an awful bad start, and then we had a. I suppose we had a tough draw in the league. Uh, we had an awful lot of injuries. Uh, we lost our manager, and everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then we kind of look steadied the ship, and you know we 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 won two games in the in the in the championship, but we had two heavy defeats as well. So look, score lines don't lie. Uh, we're at the moment where we are is 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 a mid division, mid to lower division two team, and and that's what the results have shown. And hopefully going forward, that, that the idea is is to get up maybe to top of division two, and then ultimately maybe try and get into division one. Because look, we know that a team has no hope of coming up here in quarterfinals and semi-finals uh, unless you're either at the top of Division 2 or competing in Division 1 because that's where it's at and, and that's where you learn and that's where you know the team, the winning teams are going to come from and I suppose the next the next uh, level that Cork need to get to now is, is, is that get up to try and get up towards the top of Division 2 and hopefully that can happen over the next couple of years but look it, it's going to it's going to take an awful lot of, work, lot of hard work to do that so that's that's the next item in the agenda I think you know Sorry I think there is you know um, like there, there, there are an awful lot of players in Cork um, maybe of the same standard and, and uh, you know there's definitely the foundations maybe to, to be definitely trying to get into Division 1 anyway definitely I would think so yeah Charles you've seen obviously two Dublin and Kerry were close um, I know Mayo on the big stage tomorrow yeah. how do you think the two favourites for the other Sure, I suppose we had very similar type games with both of them, you know. We went toe-to-toe with them for large cases of the first half. Um, and then in, 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 both, in both scenarios, when they, when, they, um, you know, when they pushed on the gas, we weren't able to, to take them. And I know, say, for example, today, I know Conor Kell and James McCarthy were missing, like, so whether they would have given... Dublin the extra impetus so look at this stage if they if they were playing and I know of me I might have a, would have a big say it would be it would be very hard to call it and from from my point of view I think they're two superb teams and and if they did meet uh, it, 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 it would be one superb game of football
It, it is, I suppose. Look, it's it's a lot of it is the, and I know from we played at home the last two games, and it's it's, it's it is a lot easier, you know. To, to, to play at home and you're not made, I think wherever we had played Dublin this evening wasn't going to make any difference but um, you know six o'clock in the evening it, it wasn't easy for a lot of people didn't come from Cork because uh, they couldn't they no very late getting home you couldn't bring young kids they'd have liked to come for the weekend couldn't get any place to stay or else it would cost them an arm and a leg so um, you know we'd have loved us in Parky Keeve we have <laughs> no qualms that it wasn't it should have been great and um, you know it, it, it was hard to blame a lot of Cork people from not coming up because, because of those reasons Paul Kerrigan joins me to reflect on last night's defeat for Cork in the All-Ireland uh, football quarterfinals Paul thanks for joining us uh, no bother yet I suppose uh, 21 points to 10 um, I suppose give us your thoughts first of all on how Cork did against the Dubs yeah I think um, kind of something similar to Kerry probably in it till, for about 45-50 minutes and then kind of faded a bit after that um, I'd say they'll probably be a bit frustrated to be honest with you maybe with their conversion rate um, like especially in the first half I think they had plenty of chances and they had a, a couple of ways that they didn't capitalise on and could have been closer to Dublin but uh, it was quite obvious from the start, like their their cautious approach, no goals. You know what I mean. So they played Kerry in Dublin, conceded no goals, and I think they only had one shot and goal maybe in those two games. So I think they're they're obviously that was their approach, and probably as a result, maybe their attacking play suffered a bit. You know what I mean. They yeah. probably don't have enough bodies up the field, and I think then maybe their kick out their kick out defence maybe. Um, suffers as well I think Dublin had 100% you know what I mean they step off they don't have the numbers there so look they have a baseline I think of a defensive setup to work with next year and maybe to take it on a level or two and develop the attacking play and develop the fitness um, will, will will be the aim for next year I'd say really Were there any particular individuals I suppose you were most impressed with uh, from Cork? Uh, um, I just, the usual suspects I thought Powder and Kevin O'Donovan were quite good in fairness to them. I think I did think Cork in fairness to them, like improving the carry game in terms of when they turned over the ball they tried to push on and get bodies you know Rory Maguire and Matty Taylor boarded shots in the first half um, and I think they, there was a bit of an emphasis on that but it's hard to sustain you know for the full game and um, they failed but so I thought in fairness Brian Hurley led the line well um, I thought Cahill Manny um, showed flashes of what he's capable of uh, and then like obviously I thought Potter and Kevin Dunham done their best driving on you know so like they all tried their hardest like you could say they, they did empty the tank you know what I mean and I suppose they, they got a good um, feeling of what's required really you know what I mean Yeah I suppose Carl O'Mahony is an, an exciting prospect like he, he got a point from play uh, last night three points in total and just I suppose a breakthrough year for him as well like it's it's been impressive Yeah I think like I played a bit with Cahill and maybe a lot of those games he played in were at the lower level you know, Division 3 and um, he's got a good taste against Kerry now in Dublin this year of, of what it um, what it's all about you know what I mean so yeah. you'd like to think he'd put the injuries behind him and step up a level next year and maybe be taking the burden off the likes of Brian Hurley up there you know what I mean and, and becoming the main man in the next two years um, but again like I think like they, the lads the three lads inside done the best they could you know Cork more often than not had to carry it up yeah. Um, a, a fair bit and they tried their best I think they only got four points in play between the three of them you know what I mean Brian got two and the other two lads got one each so it was tough enough going especially in the second half when they didn't score for 25 minutes you know so um, but I think I do think they have a really good group there I'd be positive about next year I'd say as a group they're pretty positive about next year where they are I think they just need a big winter now and to continue it on and um, 
like it's great to see Sean Mee and Morris Shanley, uh, Sean Potter, like um, coming through and playing games because they've had bad injuries and hopefully like the likes of Killian O'Hanlon, Liam O'Donovan, uh, Dan O'Mahony will all supplement that and Conor Corbett next year you know what I mean and they'll be in a yeah. really good place for Division 2 because it's going to be tough next year too in Division 2 like exactly yeah like Division 2 will certainly uh, bring Cork along in terms of the conditioning which was a big talking point from yesterday yeah. I think everybody mentioned it and like Division 2 was so tough next year with the dubs in it again they'll be meeting the dubs again and like those games are going to bring them on a lot yeah like like um, do you know uh, the dubs Derry do you know could be two All-Ireland finalists yeah. Um Kildare and Mead um, all in Division 2 next year you know what I mean so like to be honest at this point in time a, a, a promotion might be a bit of a stretch but yeah. they'll get great preparation going into the championship playing those games you know it's almost Division 1B or something like it's, it's not even a yeah. Division 2 like yeah yeah, yeah. So like you're like you're guaranteed to have um, a Division Two team in the All Ireland final probably nearly this year. You know what I mean? At some stage. So um, yeah, I think look that conditioning thing has probably been spoken about a good bit. I suppose I was listening to Garrod Hakerty, the, the hurler from Limerick there recently, and he was on about it's just been solid commitment for four, three, four years con- continuously, and that's probably what it takes. You know what I mean? And I think I think probably hopefully now they have a really good baseline and like the graph is pointing upwards and um, they can just get fellas back and build that kind of fitness base and just that robustness you know and they're cutting out the injuries and stuff like that and coming into next year and they have a full kind of hand to pick from next year because they haven't had all year Just a, a word on Dublin I suppose are they back to their meanest um, they still have Conor Callan to come back into the team as well from yesterday yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I thought yesterday they were a bit sloppy in the first half. They kind of seemed in third, fourth gear for bits and pieces. You know what I mean? I think Cork maybe faded a bit and it opened up. But they were very good in fairness at um, kind of drawing, half drawing Sean Potter to sweep her out, and then they'd have a couple of strike runners off it to clip over points. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're really good at that. Like you can see their years at that. Um, I think like they're missing probably James McCarthy and Conal Callan, who's probably two out of their top four players with Fenton and Kilkenny like so um, throw them back into the team they'll be a real prospect for anyone especially Con you know what I mean he's probably the best the best forward in the country so um, I think if they're back um, they'll, they'll have a cracker of a semi whoever they, they face off against either Kerry or Mayo yeah, I suppose just out of like the the eight teams we we've seen and we we've a few more to see yet uh, today. Um, like when you push the likes of Cork into those eight, like uh, I mean, are they? I suppose did they earn their spot there? I know they got a few easy draws and all that, but um, like it, it's not a bad thing to see them in with that that group of group of teams. No, you're right. I think they did earn it. Like you know, you, you have to face whoever's in front of you. You know, um, like. Um, you know, I, I'm sure when the draw came out, Derry would have seen maybe Clare as a real opportunity for them to get to a semi-final and then a possible final with our man Galway because Kerry and the, the other teams are on the opposite side of the draw. So look, I think Cork, they won two championship games back-to-back. Um, hasn't been done since 2017, so they earned the right to be there, you know, and I, yeah. they weren't humiliated either at all yesterday. So um, I think it's probably, hopefully it's a realisation of where they want to be, you know what I mean, and a realisation maybe of what they have to get there. So... Um, like you, you could you'd imagine they'll be back fairly early. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in the next couple of months, I'd say, and, and been going at it hard. I so, do we know what the setup is going to be like next year? Obviously, it's unsure what way uh, Keith Rickin is in his situation. Um, is that something that you would like to see sorted out uh, sooner rather than later? Yeah, I'd say it'll probably be sorted internally before any of the likes of us hear anything about it. But um, 
Yeah, as I, I would have said previously, I thought they were very lucky to have someone of the calibre of John Cleary to step in when Keith um, had to step away, you know. I just think he's a real football man, really respected and had a good way about him. So, look, either way, whether it's Keith or John or joint managers, I think they're in pretty good hands, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I'd, I'd say the lads are pretty happy inside there. So, um, yeah, as I said, it'll probably be resolved internally before before the yeah. likes of us hear it. But either way, I think there's a good there's a good pair there, you know what I mean? Like the, the the players go back to their clubs now, and they're probably in a, a bit of a spring in their step after the way that year ended. Yeah. And like we, were, I was kind of talking to Tomas Mulcahy, and like the the hurlers going back to their clubs, they'll be going in a, a lot a, a different mentality. But um, it's always nice, I suppose, to go back to your club after a championship, and they'll they'll feel good about this year. Yeah, I think they will. I think um, the the way the seniors gone now and the intermediates has gone very competitive, uh, and they'll probably only just add to it. You know what I mean? The, um, a lot of those guys will have played Intercounty for the first time like this year the likes of uh, John Cooper Roy McGuire those kind of lads you know they're going in to, to drive their clubs on to hopefully push them on to draw to, to, to success Yeah. so I think like I, I, I think the, 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 the county championship is really competitive the way it's set out at the moment uh, and I think those guys will have a bit of a spring in their step I think they'll whatever goes to county championship I think they'll have a spring in their step going back training with Cork you know what I mean I think yeah. they'll they'll probably be looking forward to getting back and getting that group together and driving on, you know, and it wouldn't be surprising me if the likes of Aidan O'Connell had them in, in the gym still, like, for without stopping, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, for, from next week on or whatever, um, he might see it as that, you know what I mean? And to keep that cohesiveness and, and get that um, level of conditioning up. Great stuff, Paul. Thanks a million. Thank you. Paul Kerrigan there on Cork's defeat to Dublin last night in the All-Ireland quarterfinals. Kerry have put a bit of daylight between themselves and Mayo for the first time really in the match uh, in Croke Park in the finals uh, quarterfinal of this year's championship. It's Kerry 114, Mayo 12. Tom O'Sullivan had a fantastic goal opportunity a couple of minutes ago. He blasted it over the bar. He got a bit excited up from cornerback, but how often do we see him up from cornerback getting scores? But um, I think that was the second of the game as well. So yeah, five points in it now and Kerry uh, surely now will be able to hold Mayo out uh, they seem to be frustrating them Kerry playing with uh, I, I won't call it a blanket defence but it's fairly close to a blanket defence anyway uh, Paddy Talley uh, certainly uh, his work is is showing on the pitch uh, with that Kerry side uh, let's hear now from the uh, from the victorious manager last night's uh, Dublin boss Daisy Farrell you know it's, it's just about the result moving on, um, major step up required. First half obviously uh, wasn't what we would have wanted. Picked it up a bit in the second half, but probably four week layoff didn't help. You know, it took us a while to shake the cobwebs. But um, but yeah, we you know we, we string some good passages of play together in the second half and a little bit better. Yeah, of course, you're always going to be, and uh, we knew Cork were going to dig in, obviously, sort of proud county and great great tradition down there. Uh, they they didn't surprise us with anything they did, uh, it was to be expected, um, but, you know, we just, we just couldn't get to the pace of it in the way we would have liked, and um, uh, definitely... They were causing us problems as well, kicked a lot of wides uh, themselves, so we were happy enough to get get regrouped at half-time and, um, you know, have a chat and, uh, and move back out, and, and thankfully the second half was a little bit better. Was it fair to say, like, 
especially after Leeds final, the team maybe lacked a goal threat this evening, and obviously Khan had on missing. So just as that, obviously the latest update with Khan and James. Yeah, Conor Jay obviously is very disappointing for the lads themselves uh, to miss out today um, and you know huge impact on team as well captain, vice captain to rock solid players um, so yeah that, that, that um, was probably uh, a factor in, in today's overall performance for sure and uh, for the next day you know it's 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 part and parcel of the game at this level injuries and uh, you know you have to be resilient you have there's a level of acceptance around them as well so it's um, it's pretty much a race against time now two weeks picking up an injury at, at this time of the year is tough and uh, we're all on hands on deck in terms of our medical staff trying to trying to get the lads right I'd prefer not to say if that's okay uh, but uh, we're working hard to get them to get them right for the next thing yeah, we're happy with him. Um, Owen, Owen is a great competitor, a great warrior. Um, it's a big ask of him uh, to be able to transition uh, from one to the other. Um, they are very different games, but obviously he's a pedigree as a very good footballer with his club in Whitehall. Um, I had him at development squad level back in the day as well. So, um, yeah, we, we've been impressed with him uh, to date, for sure. Um, he's definitely in addition to the squad, and it was great to see him get some game time. Yeah, he, do, he does, of course, yeah. He's, um, and he's been very well received by the lads as well. Dennis from Midley and the performance there, cornerback, kicked two points off his ball. Yeah. So you would have been proud of him if he were there in the pitch like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, Lee, Lee is playing very well. I'm very happy with, with a lot of young lads in the panel this year. Um, Lee and Lorcan and Odell are probably... Um, to the fore from that perspective um, but a, a lot of other young players pushing hard as well in behind there so um, it's uh, great to see Lee do so well yeah. He's so busy, so on yeah definitely definitely um, you know as major step up in class I'd, I'd expect for, for the next day regardless of who the opposition is and um, and you know either opponent is going to bring its own sort of uh, set of circumstances, history and tradition, rich tradition to it too. So it's um, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. You come here? Yeah, yeah, I'll come watch. Yeah. Did you get the challenge Cork today? Um, yeah, they Cork dug in like it was. Um, we're always going to put up significant resistance. Um, Powder playing the plus one, he's, he's very capable in that role. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's it's one of those we're sort of happy to have got through it. Um, you know, I'd probably give it a six and a half out of ten performance from from our perspective, and uh, and uh, we we know that there needs to be a big big improvement for the next one. Desi Farrell there speaking after his side's win, if you'd believe it, from listening to him over uh, Cork last night. Uh, Kerry easing their way into the last four where they will meet Desi Farrell's Dublin. They now lead um, by... 
I think seven points there after taking the scoreboard off of the screen at the moment. Yeah, 116 to 12 points. Seven point need for Kerry with uh, three and a half minutes of normal time to go. Coming up after the break, we'll react to Cork, the Cork Ladies footballers win over Waterford. We'll also hear uh, a really uh, interesting press conference with Kieran McGinney and uh, also from um, the Galway camp as well after their quarterfinal earlier. And we'll hear from Vera Poe as well. Stay tuned. Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Yeah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Aiden Lee here with you until 7. Uh, now let's... Uh, delve into Cork's victory over Waterford yesterday uh, 2-10 to 1-5 they defeated the Daisha and they're through to the quarterfinals of the TG Cahar All-Ireland Championship um, a hard fought win in Port Leash. Rory Noonan was there for us and he spoke to manager Shane Renane afterwards Shane obviously the most important thing here today was you got the result you wanted and you now move on to the quarterfinals but at times it must have been a bit frustrating particularly in the first half with the blanket defence yeah yeah. I suppose Rory we, look, we, we, I suppose we were expecting that but I don't think we, we adapted very well to it in the first half and we probably uh, you know forced a lot of things and we didn't do the things we spoke about doing before the game so we would have been disappointed at that at half time but you know I think we finished the first half well we got two good scores from, from being three down we, you know, three or four. we were four down I think we got it back to two so it was you know a manageable lead and uh, I thought in the second half we played Played right good football, um, you know, totally controlled the game, uh, dominated every every sector of the field, and I think uh, you know our defence was outstanding in the second half, and we took the scores. Probably could have got a couple of more, but we look, we're we're very happy with the second half of space. Especially. And obviously, as we're sitting here, the wind was a huge factor as well. You had you were against it in the first half, which made great use of it in the second half. Then when you did have it, yeah, I thought we played very well with it in the second half. Probably took, probably could have kicked up a couple of more shots. We would have been disappointed that the girls weren't shooting. I suppose they were. I suppose they were just being a bit conscious of uh, of not giving away the ball. But uh, you know, it, it was a very very difficult conditions to play with um, you know, and, and look I suppose the way Warford set up as well but I, I, I have no complaints about that um, you know if, if they'd come out of here with the right results set up like that then you know more power to them I, I don't have any issue with that with the way a team set up you set up to your strengths and uh, look we, we didn't set up that way they did um, we didn't deal with it very well in the first half I thought we dealt with it very well in the second half something that you've been working on in the, in the block of training after the league was was your tackling and your, your aggression maybe and your physicality in the game your defence today was absolutely outstanding rush feeling had an absolute brilliant game I thought and maybe in some people's eyes you could even play the game instead of doing but I thought like defensively like you know they really really are you know at the pitch now yeah look they, 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 especially in the second half I think they did the exact things that we asked them to do we met them early in the tackle we, we knocked them back out you know outside the 45 didn't allow them too much time inside in the in the scoring zone whereas the first half I thought they got inside us a bit uh, we wouldn't have been happy with that but look that is something we certainly worked on they were meeting the players out the field further um, and look we'd be very happy with, with, with especially with the second half to stay in, in, in that regard Obviously, it's, it's job done. Move on to the quarterfinals, and the second game that'll be starting here shortly. You know, I don't you have a little bit of interest in that? Yeah, look, we'll stay on to watch this. Uh, the manager will because uh, you know whoever whoever loses this game uh, will be the team we play we face in the quarterfinals. So look, uh, whoever that'll be, look, we'll be ready from week two weeks to be ready for that. Uh, hopefully, all the bodies will be okay after today because it was a good tough game. Um, but look, look, we're exactly where we want to be. We want to top the group. We've topped it. Uh, we played good football for most of the games. We you know most of the two games we've been involved in. Um, our defence has been excellent. And look, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to this time. Yeah, uh, Rory also caught up with player of the match, Darren O'Sullivan. Darren, obviously, the most important thing here was the result. 
conditions weren't great, but you got the job done. Now you move on to the quarterfinals. Delighted with that, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, we came here to do a job. Um, management put in a massive emphasis on that before the match. They didn't mind if we won by one point or, or ten points, whatever it was. We just need to get over the line today and qualify for the quarterfinal, and we did that, so we're, we're happy. No doubt, obviously, at times there, it was frustrating with the, with the water for blanket defence. You know, it t- took a bit of time to break it down, but in the second half, you really you took over and dominated and drove on to a well-deserved win. It did, yeah. I think our experience showed there in the second half. Um, we got a good few moves together. Uh, girls running off the shoulder and just with about 10-15 minutes to go we kind of started getting the scores um, but it did take a long time to break down that wall for defence. And I suppose on a personal point of view it's always nice to get player player of the game and it's great to see you um, you know, injury free touch wood and moving and moving forward with that hopefully. Yeah um, look delighted um, I don't know I, I'll have to do a bit of video analysis I think there's always room for improvement um, the wind changed there again in the second half and I dropped a few short um, and look there was mistakes all over the pitch and we'll learn from those um, as I said we're just happy to get over the line today looking back the pitch from the full forward line you know you must have been really delighted where your defence was today like you know there was, they've made some outstanding blocks uh, tackles etc you know and they really really kept water for the bay and any time you keep a side scoreless in the half like shows just how well they were playing yeah look I think uh, routine feeling gave an exhibition there in the full back lane especially in the second half um, and a lot of the girls when we broke quickly as well Laura Manny coming out of defence really stood up there and things weren't going against, or things were going against us um, we were giving away a ball we wouldn't typically give away and all that but we kept working hard and that's a sign of a, a good team I think and obviously two weeks time semi-final no doubt the second match or the quarter-final no doubt you'll be interested in the second game here because you play the losers of that so no doubt you'll have one eye on that as well yeah absolutely um, look I think the big focus um, from our management team this year is to, to focus on ourselves and control the controllables um, but yeah I think uh, the lads will be probably have the video of this match and, and we'll try learn a bit from that as well and it's uh, seconds away from full time in Croke Park in the men's quarterfinals with Kerry easing their way past Mayo at the moment. That was Rory Noonan speaking to player of the match, Dear O'Sullivan, yesterday um, after Cork's win over Waterford in the Ladies Football Championship. Um, but yeah, it's uh, all but over in Croke Park. Kerry 118, Mayo 13 points. Uh, the four minutes of additional time are up and uh, they're awaiting. The final whistle uh, from referee David Goff, which uh, should be coming in a few seconds' time. But, uh, yeah, a, a, a victory for Kerry over Mayo, which um, another one this year, of course. Not as big a margin as we saw um, in the in the league final, of course, earlier in the year. But, uh, yeah, it, it didn't look too strenuous, really, for Kerry. They, they eased away with it, uh, really, in the, in the second quarter there, or the, I suppose the fourth quarter of the game, the second quarter of the second half. And that is it. It is full-time. Kerry are through. 118 to 13 points and they're into the semi-final where they'll face Dublin and that will be an absolute cracker um, earlier Galway got past Armagh on penalties in their uh, quarter-final to set up a semi-final with Derry there was a large brawl involving both sides at the end of normal time with red cards shown to Aidan Nugent and Sean Kelly uh, we'll hear from Pat Sablan in a minute uh, after our full-time roundup from Washington Langan the final score after extra time and penalties Galway 221 Armagh 318 but Galway won the penalty shootout 4-1 at the end of normal time Galway had a 6 point lead but a Nugent goal in the second minute of injury time cut the gap to 3 when Comer scored a point in the 74th minute to make it a 4 point game he thought to yourself well Galway are going to see this one home however a turbot goal and a Reno O'Neill long range free in the 10th minute of injury time took us to extra time between full time 
and extra time. There was a massive schmozzle and we may hear more about that in the coming days. In extra time, it wasn't as crazy as normal time, but it was still entertaining. A Grugan goal in the first minute of the second half of extra time looked like it may send the orchard on the way, but McDade had the ball in the net for Galway two minutes later. He was set up very well by substitute Billy Mannion. Jermar Hall scored a point that was equalised by McDade, and then we went to penalties. Armagh just couldn't convert their penalties. They only scored one, and Matthew Tierney, when he cracked his home, that secured Galway's place in the semi-final. It's a tough way for Armagh to lose. It's a great way for Galway to go through. They've beaten Armagh. The final score, Galway 2-21, Armagh 3-18 after extra time. But Galway win 4-1 on penalties. Yeah, crazy, crazy game and a crazy finish to normal time as well. And here is the reaction on this Sunday game on RTE and in particular Pat's plan. Brilliant comeback from Armagh, which suddenly get two goals in injury time as well as that equaliser for Rimmerie and O'Neill. But instead, not for the first time this year, Oshin McConville, we're actually talking about something that happened post-match involving Armagh. Drone in the league, Donegal in the league, and now we have this. Yeah. Not that we're laying all the blame at Armagh. No, no, no. Just but pointing I, out. But I think it seems that we shouldn't hide behind Joanne, regardless of what counties involved. This is, like, people talk about unsavoury. It's not, it's disgusting. It's disgraceful. It's, it's, it's something that we just, we just don't want to see, simple as that. And I, I know there's a load of cliches that we can roll out at this stage, but... Just look, look closely at Damien Corbett. Look at Damien Corbett. It looks very... Look, we should be here praising a great game. Instead, we're looking at disgraceful scenes, a shame on all the players involved. But it's absolutely... I mean, there, there was a gouging incident. This is, this is terrible, and it's a shame on all the players involved. But Jesus, holy God, we have, a, we have so many rules and regulations here in Crow Park. There's a million rules and regulations, and you're seeing two teams running in the same spot straight after extra time. It's crazy. And, and you have fellas who are not subs involved. So, fellas will have to get red cards, but I mean, the, the, the possible eye-gouging, which looked like an eye-gouging, was done by a fellow who's not on the official panel. So, you had everyone there. That was disgraceful, scandalous and shame on all involved. It was, and we should be talking about a great game of football and we had a brilliant game of football and I'd be jealous of the hurling boys every day. They're praising and they're enthusiastic and I say I'd love to get a game. We just got the game and then they, they went and destroyed it. Yeah, in fairness, he's, he's dead on, on what he said on the eye gouging because it was, it was fairly disgusting to see it. Um, but, uh, Pat's plan never fails to entertain. And I'm looking at him on screen here and I can't hear a word he's saying, but he's the color purple on the screen. He's very animated over a game that there wasn't much, uh, I'd say to analyze in the end. But, uh, yeah, great stuff as always. And here is the, um, victorious Galway boss, Podrick Joyce, speaking to the media following his side's penalty shootout win. Boric, I've been to a lot of games in Crow Park here. I don't think I've ever seen Anthony as crazy, emotional as that. Uh, hard to get your thoughts after full time here, I'd say. Yeah, it is. Look, it was, it, was, it was a thrilling game, to be honest. It was a good footballing game to KG to start. Um, seven points each at half time. <clears throat> and then, second half, I think we opened up a, little, a good bit and got ahead near the end of the game, played some great football, but then lost our way. <clears throat> Something we'd addressed because we'd done the same against Mayo and Roscommon. We dressed it and we still lost our way. So um, we had the game probably won about three or four times and came back. And then obviously um, the scenes have to condemn the scenes at full time. They're ugly, they shouldn't be happening, but they happened at the same time. And uh, then we lost our captain an extra time. I, just, I don't understand how to pick out one player, but we'll, we'll look at the video and see what happened there. But again, we had to take, take control of the game an extra time, which we did. 
and we showed good character and even then get a sucker punch of a goal again then in the second half of extra time you know, it looked like we were dead and buried but the last show brilliant heart brilliant character and kept playing football kept playing through the lines and Killian popped up with an amazing equaliser at the end and in fairness like my, my heart was go to Kieran McGinley and, and the Armagh team and supporters because it's, it's no way to lose a match or to play a match a quarter final like, like we're we're condensing this season into six or seven you know, months which is crazy to be honest and like these the, both sets of players Galway and Armagh have trained flat out since last December and let's call a spade a spade like that's no way to lose a match and while we take the victory my, my heart goes out to them because they had a great colour today and great support and it's, it's, it's not the way to do it and something the GA needs to look at because it's, we're not a soccer like this penalties is for soccer it's not for GA in my eyes and a good fair play to the Armagh players and the Galway players that took the penalties and the two keepers but it's pure lottery what happens in it Character of your side, you listed you know so many things that might have gotten went against you there out there. It seemed to be one thing after another. I thought we had it, then it was gone, yeah. and vice versa. The character <coughs> of your side, you know, it's maybe questioned the last couple of years, but by God, they answered out there today. Yeah, no, no, they did, and they stuck at it, like you know, and it's like you know, coming in full time, it, it feels like nearly like a loss at this stage. You're thinking, what, I think we're five, six up, I forget, and lasted, but like, then they found eight minutes injury time, and then played two extra more than that, then to play ten in the game. So look, it, it, it was what it was, but in fairness, the last. They show great character, great resilience, and Galway have been accused of being soft in the past. So at least today they put a little bit of mark on the good direction because Galway had to go and win a big game in Crow Park, which and that was a big game and a tough game. And so look, we get ready for Derry in 13 days' time now. The bodies they seem to be wrecked there. Even saw Shane going down extra yeah, time, having to come out and take it. But as a general rule, like, you know, it's going to be a, yeah, there's a something, lot. Of look, at the, there's something wrong. If they're not sore after a championship match in Crow Park. You, you got to be sore. You're going to be have knocks and belts and put your body in the line for your county and for your club and your family. That's what the we expect from Gala players no matter where they're from what they do and they're going to be sore so what they'll be fine by Tuesday Have you practised the penalties you say it was a lottery but you looked like a team who were prepared for it We've been practising penalties since last December since we started training because I knew the way the games were going something was going to happen and in fairness Shane, Rob, Damien Matty Tierney and Kieran Malai would have been our fifth taker they practised them nearly every night they take a few in most nights so what about, what about the goals you conceded in the game? Is that yeah, something you have to look at? It's something you have to. Yeah, very, very disappointing. You know, high boss, the square, just lacking communication to call for the ball. And you know, we had one, and Connor threw it out, and you know, sh- shouldn't be doing that. But we got away with it today. But will you get away with it down the line again? We'll see. Mark, how did you regroup at the end and all the time? Because you probably knew that there's the possibility of red cards, given the blows you've taken. That was a very difficult time for you. That yeah. Person. No, we did because it, 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 we came in like and. <clears throat> I'm not saying like the ugly scenes it shouldn't be happening don't get me wrong but like when, when you can't just stand back and let lads in top out so we tried to sort it out in fairness to the Armel management and our own management like we, I think we got it pulled away as quick as we could and got lads down the tunnel and get in and focus on the match then you, then you pick a team to go out and then you're told on the pitch just before extra time that you're down your captain so to go and regroup again then and get Billy Mannion in for us in <clears throat> fairness to him set up a brilliant goal like you know great footballer it's his first championship debut for Galway what a place what a time to make it for him and had great composure to hand the ball across to Killian for the goal but um, look at it. We, we knew that the game wasn't lost at the same time. There was still 20 minutes to be played. And while it felt like a loss at full time, I think the lads regrouped well. And I just came back and said, go back playing football. Just work the ball through the lines, which we did. We controlled the game, I think, in the first half of extra time very, very well. And then, obviously, the sucker punch in the second half was tough on to take. But in fairness, the lads, I couldn't speak high enough of them. They're exhausted in there, but it's great to win. We go home, we'll regroup and recover and see where we're at. We look at the video on Tuesday night and see what the crack is. Do you spend the next couple of days worrying about what you might have to appeal, who could be suspended? Because you, you might know for a couple of days, then you might have to appeal it. We're not, we're not, we can't focus on something we don't know what's going to happen. So all I know is that we're playing Derry. Uh, start of the week so we'll, we'll get everybody ready but for that plan right now if you knew who was available but you might well, well, as of now everyone's available Bear 
Sean Kelly, but we look at that as well. Harry, you mentioned about like the, on the video that we saw. The only thing we saw of Sean Kelly was he was reacted quite furiously to what was seen a very clear eye gouge uh, on Damien Comer. <coughs> Um, so you're telling me there was an eye gouge then? Was well, it? It, well, that's what it appeared to be on Deming Homer by a non-playing uh, panel member. Okay, I wish I'd let that be dealt with. I, I, I didn't see it, Frank, honest to God. I don't, I don't know, it was the far side of the pitch. I came over, I seen Scuff was going on, I tried to pull her lads away and that was it, all I'd done. Or during the second half, especially in front of you in the Cusick stand, Shane Welsh seemed to be targeted a good few times. I'm yeah, sure, he was targeted, it wasn't the second time, he was targeted all day long. But we knew that, like. So, okay. that's, that's championship football, you're going to be marked tightly. So it's up to the officials to deal with that. Yeah, good, good interview there from Joyce in fairness as well. He sounds like, yeah, I'd say he could be a fierce man dressing him as well. And obviously one of the greatest footballers that, that Galway have ever produced. And uh, he's backing it up in management now. And uh, now let's hear from, actually, small bit of news just before we go to Kieran McGinney. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is going to Arsenal. Uh, Fabrizio Romano has given that the here we go. Um, I think he's gone for £45 million from Man City to Arsenal. So a good deal for Mikel Arteta's side. Uh, let's hear from Kieran McGinney, uh, our manager, after today's defeat to Galway. I suppose with all the, the head injuries that were happening, like, there was a lot of time going to be added on. You always knew it was going to be at least you know, eight to ten minutes. So even with four minutes left with five points, like, you know, we made that mistake in Donegal. We started like, going for goals. It was funny when we went for a couple of points, the, the goals opened up. So it was... Um, it was it was good to get them, but you know we have quality forwards, and you know possibly didn't take enough um, brave chances. Maybe in the you know there's been 40 minutes in the middle there. I thought like we were just we were sloppy and hesitant, like where normally would be uh, a wee bit braver than that. But sometimes you know the occasion can get to you, like you know the young players, a lot of them, like you know uh, first real sort of go with this type of football, like so it, it, can, it can put the brakes on you a wee bit. Parik mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, Kieran, that uh, penalties is no way to lose a match. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, but like, listen, it's, that's just the way sport is. Like, it's you know, it's, it's cruel. It's uh, you know, uh, it's going to replays and stuff's not fair in the supporters either. Like, it's a constant, especially at the minute. Coming to Dublin's an expensive uh, thing to do. So, no, it's not. It's not a great way to do it. Like, it's it's pure lottery. Like, you know. Torbo there, you'd put your house in and super. Like, you know, they've been practicing the penalties because we knew this was going to happen in some game, but, you know, you hit the outside the post, you hit the tough to grass, anything, like, you know, like, Ethan could have had two of them very easily, just, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, uh, it into the lap of the gods, but, uh, yeah, it's cruel and, it, like, it's tough and the, the boys in there and you feel for them, like, you really do, but, as I say, it's, it's a tough mistress. That's why we're here. Seems to be regret in the sense of the performance, Karen. The first thing that uh, I, I get from you. Uh, yeah, I, I think that we're, we can play much better. Uh, I genuinely do. Um, we've, we've had uh, probably taken a few injuries this year. You know, coming into it, we got you know, one of them back today. Like, and he's a big plus for us. But you know, we had three or four like still outstanding. But the, the, the panel is strong and. Like, there was some credit to them, but uh, I do think there's definitely more in them. Okay, but you, you need, like, all will take great confidence from that. Um, you know, and it's the same like, with the Darius and that. Like, once, once you get up, I think that confidence makes you grow as a team. Like, and sometimes the face of that can, you know, can take away with that confidence away. If, if Coldrick gave a yellow card to Gregory McKay, but I don't think it would have been. No, I, th- I thought it was a rough decision, but sure, listen, yeah, when we stay here for all day, we start talking about decisions. <laughs> It's just one of those days. Like uh, I definitely think it was a harsh one, but you know, it's, it's again part and parcel. Might be quite raw, Kieran, now at the minute. But how would you reflect on the year as a whole? Yeah, it was a decent year. 
probably should have made the, the playoffs for the you know, the league final. Like you know, let a couple of games slip that we, we had it. Um, bad day in Bally Buffet, but again, just like I shouldn't let us down like for a 12 minute period that we normally would you know score all of those, and it probably give a, a worse reflection than that. But I say to that there, I think we've had it like a, a decent year, um, but you know, it's you're um, you're just constantly looking for those margin gains, like you know. Um, in terms of the ending of normal time and the way that that unfolded, which which was pretty ugly, and the referee having to take action, how unsettling was it? And what was your take on it? Because it, it, it looked from up in the stands like it all got a bit nasty and buggish. Um, listen, it's it's not something you want to see, and I suppose this year, like like it, uh, like that's two of them like we've sort of been in, and it's uh, it's unfortunate, like and it's. Uh, I always think try like those things shouldn't happen. Definitely shouldn't. But I, I think it's there's a few simple things we could do to stop it. Like they shouldn't be running together at half time. Like I don't know how it started, but that thing like you know, once it starts then it can get out of control. Um it's just it's not a nice part and I, I, I wouldn't want to see it. But again then trial by social media like is a is a very poor way to go. I showed the last time but people had sat there and actually watched the video. They might have got it right. So don't players have to assume responsibility as well as adults? Is there not an onus on a player to recognise? Well, what happens if somebody pushes you? Do you push back? Well, I, I, no, but I'm just what, what would you do? In this instance? No, what would you do? In this instance? What would you do? In this instance? What would you do? I'm asking, I'm just, it's a very simple question. If somebody pushed you, would you push them back? And, and this I know, it's, it's a yes or no. Well, it's not. It's, it's, it is, it is. If somebody pushes you, I'm just, it's a, like, you, you can't look for headlines if you're not going to you. ask. If you're not going to answer my questions, why should I answer yours? Because I'm not here to ask, answer questions, I'm here to ask them. But, 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 I'm I not allowed to ask one. When I'm here to ask questions, I'm not here to answer them. I don't think people want to hear my opinion but, on but, it. But, but I'm asking you as a person, just a very simple question. Well, it would depend on the circumstances and it would depend, I suppose, on the lead that I was given from maybe so, yeah. a manager or an equivalent in that situation. But, but you're saying if they're going to half I'm just asking you as a person. If someone pushed me? Yeah. Well, just depend on the circumstances. It's not as cut and dried or black and white as that. But I'm asking you, right, in the context of what you saw there, and you're saying simple things could have been done. Do you as a manager say to your team, step back? Do you as a manager say to your team, don't engage there? Or do you use that of course. to the Of course you did. Did not say we didn't? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, there you go. Yeah, you, should, you should be one of the ones who watched the video. Uh, no, and I, I will, but to, to, to be fair, you've said you're taking that as it shouldn't happen. It hasn't happened. So would you now call on the GAA to, to address the point you're making of saying we can do something simple? If everybody's treated in the same way. Do you feel you'd be mistreated? No, I, every question is going to be answered with another one. I said if everybody's treated fairly, if everybody who pulls or pushes and starts something like that there, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, I thought that was quite funny there, actually, when they're having the bit of bit of back and forth. But um, look, it was it was crazy stuff at the end of that game, and look, it was a crazy game in general. And the only kind of thing really that was disappointing was obviously with the way the world is now, and I think I've never heard so much. Uh, so much mentioned in in post game uh, match in post game um, uh, conferences about you know people's expenses and and all of that and travelling and staying and all. But everyone left pretty much after the first game. Like Croke Park was near empty there towards the end of May of Kerry and look the weather turned as well. But um, yeah, it was a strange day. Strange day. Here is a full time report on Kerry. They will take on Dublin in the semi finals. Uh, they defeated Mayo. 
Kerry 118, Mayo 13 points. The Kingdom led by one at the break in an even first half in which the sides were level four times. David Clifford putting Jack O'Connor's side in front after 29 minutes with a wonderful goal and it was a lead that they never lost. It might have been a different story if Kevin McLaughlin's powerful shot had gone under rather than over the bar just before half time and had the Connacht side not been so wasteful with their chances throughout the game, kicking 10 scoreable shots wide and dropping three shots short. Meanwhile, Kerry were much more economical in front of goal with Tom O'Sullivan, David Moore and Sean O'Shea, Killian Spillane and Paul Ganey all getting some nice points. Not a perfect display from Kerry, but they won't mind too much as they book an All-Ireland semi-final against Dublin. The final score, Kerry 118, Mayo 13 points. Yeah, and uh, it'll certainly be uh, certainly make for two cracking semi-finals. In fairness, Galway Derry, I think, will be a great game, and of course, the the renewal of that great rivalry of Kerry versus Dublin. It'll be interesting to see how the two of them shape up against each other. Now, before we finish, we're going to hear some, not all, of Vera Poe speaking to the media before their qualifier game tomorrow against Georgia. Just to start off, Vera, you said after the game last week against the Philippines that. It was all about getting the players into the rhythm because you had a minimum amount of time, just two weeks, rather than the six weeks you might get in a, in a regular pre-season. Do you feel that rhythm is starting to take take its uh, course now? Yeah, it, it will never be as, as good as in full competition, of course, because you have only have two weeks. But the way that we've set up the program is day by day getting that rhythm in in the play so we played a lot of 11 aside uh, we've tried all the different options but aside that we've been done a lot in possessional plays and we have done uh, for a firm condi- two firm conditioning sessions in those two weeks and um, the planning of everything shows we've just actually now we went through with uh, the uh, the heart rates, the recovery heart rates uh, with the technical staff. And you can see that every player is getting in balance now. Um, so the last few days, it's about getting sharp, getting the rhythm of play in, getting the game plan sharp and making sure that the, uh, when the moment, the moment the whistle goes, that everybody is fresh and sharp and ready for that task. Sounds like quite a scientific preparation these days, Vera. Yeah, that's true. Um, the players are wearing their heart rate monitors every session and we've monitored every session, every single player and we've in individually periodized every single say, uh, player within the team pre- uh, preparation. So, um, yeah, it's so far so good. It looks like we have no injuries. Of course, a few niggles, that is, that is normal, but we have no injuries and that is something that we can be proud of. Yeah, and you said you wanted to take the heat out as a factor. You didn't want it to be a factor on Monday. It's a little bit cooler, I think, in uh, in Gorey in Georgia, maybe a couple of degrees lower than yeah. it is where you are now in, in Antalya. So yeah. do you feel you've done that? You've been successful that the heat is now not going to be a factor on Monday? Yeah, and that is why we monitor also that every day. And that is why we train now at 7 p.m to get a little bit lower heat so that the intensity of the training can go up um, and uh, that we can put in the work that we have to do. Um, but So at 7 p.m. you can compare it with uh, more or less with the uh, conditions in Georgia. Was there any uh, requests made to FIFA about water breaks mid-game or is it going to be just the, the straight through the 45 minutes each half? That is uh, up to the referee. 
And the referee has, has uh, strict guidelines in that. Uh, so the temperature will be measured. I think it is uh, an hour before the game and then it will be decided whether there will be a water break. So we have no influence in that. It's a qualifying game and that's up to the referee. Uh, and of course, we hope uh, that that can come in if the, if the temperature is too high. Uh, but if the referee decides not to do it, then we have to accept um, I think everybody felt that the uh, game against Sweden, the, the draw, where I suppose on the outside of the camp, there wasn't a huge amount of expectation going into that game. Um, it, it felt like a bit of a landmark result to everybody outside the Irish camp, a historical result for this Irish women's team. Um, it's almost a different prospect this Monday because there will be huge expectation because you've beaten this team 11 0. Um, they've had varying results, you know, albeit they, they do get beaten still at home, but while losing to 15-0 to Sweden, they only lost 3-0 to Finland. So is the Finnish game something, is that the one we can maybe expect more on Monday, do you think? Um, we, we need to see. We prepare the, the same way as we did in um, game plan-wise, uh, as we did at the home game, um, because it's the same type of uh, opponent. Um, they have played 3-0 <coughs> sorry, against Finland and 4-0 against Sweden, in their first game against Sweden. Um, um, we've been analyzing the game uh, of Sweden um, and what the difference was between the first and the second game. And it looks like they've been really watching our game before they went into their second game. Um, this is a different style of play and it um, is a bit similar as we did. Um, so we need to see if we are sharp enough. That is That will be the key, the key thing. Are we sharp enough within our game plan um, to be able to score? Uh, and they will play their their plan, of course, to stop us from scoring and trying to beat us with a break. And they have decent players up front who are fast and can break if we leave space and we will leave space. So it's not only uh, preparation, is not only about uh, scoring goals or getting the first goal uh, on the score sheet, but it is uh, equally how to keep them under pressure so that we cannot be beaten with the space that we leave behind us. And if you break the game up into into segments, um, and you know because players they, they might get a little bit tired on Monday, um, and substitutions might be crucial as well. Do you feel like that the because Katie McCabe spoke as well about patience because if they are playing with a low block, they'll be hard to break down. Do you figure that perhaps the last quarter of an hour of the match, the last fifteen minutes from seventy five onwards, do you think that might be the most crucial part of the game? That depends. If <coughs> sorry. Um, that depends um, it, it, um, if we can score early goals then the last 15 minutes will not be as crucial um, if we cannot score yeah, then we have, have to have our game plan ready and we will have it ready you'd like something from Denise O'Sullivan that we maybe saw last weekend would you? <laughs> yeah, fantastic goal. We've used that as one of the examples we've used examples of how to beat a deep, uh, a deep block from men's Champions League games and women's top games. Uh, and one of the examples was this goal. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it there, Vera Poe. They're speaking ahead of their uh, Women's World Cup qualifier tomorrow against Georgia. Green on Red is on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. When it-